0: Chapter two, verses one through eleven. But I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorrow, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorry by me. And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many, so that, contrariwise, ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that ye would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things, to whom ye forgive anything I forgive also." For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now we see here that Paul did not want to come to them in sorrow with tears in his eyes. Instead, he wanted to come to them in joy. He had been hoping to get word from them, telling him that they had corrected those things about which he had written them in the first letter. And one of the things that needed correction was concerning the man that had sex with his stepmother in the church at Corinth. Paul had told them in his previous letter to excommunicate this particular brother from among them, and they had done this. Now, in this epistle, Paul writes for them to forgive him and to restore him to the fold. Then he lets us know that we must cross every T's and dot every I's in order to keep the enemy from gaining any ground on us. Regardless of what takes place in the church house, correct what needs to be corrected. But in all that we do, do it with love, compassion, and with a forgiving heart. Verses 12 through 17. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened unto me, of the Lord I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother but taking my leave of them I went from thence into Macedonia now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place for we are unto God a sweet Savior of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish to the one we are the Savior of death unto death and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God speak we in Christ. Now, we see here that even while Paul was preaching the gospel in Troas, he was grieved at heart because Titus hadn't come to bring him word concerning the congregation in Corinth. He waited for Titus, but Titus didn't come. Then Paul went over to Philippi. In Macedonia it was there that Titus came and brought word that the Corinthian believers had dealt with this sin in their congregation and that the man had now repented and had turned from his sin Paul then gives us good news he says that God always causes us to triumph in Christ and he makes manifest the savor the sweet incense of his knowledge by us in every place to those who receive the gospel that we preach to them we are savour of life. But unto those who reject the gospel that we preach, to them we are savour of death, because they are now without excuse. From that point on, they cannot stand before God in judgment and say they didn't know. And then he concludes this chapter by saying, we do not corrupt the word of God or distort it, but gives it out in sincerity as the spirit of God reveals its truth to us.